0: welcome to the clapped out moto hour welcome to the show today on the show it is me your host jordan robert hello chris hey and danny what's up so yeah this is our second episode we're excited to be back for another week talking about all things moto again on that diy kind of budget perspective so everyone has that one piece of gear that they really can't live without, that one piece of most beloved gear. Today, we talk about our favorites and why we keep them around. We'll also talk a little bit about gear, uh, getting into you know buying gear with a limited budget, and talk about some great sleeper gear out there, maybe stuff that we've acquired over the years. Um, but first, let's talk about what is on that bench. Or did you get a ride in this week? So, Danny, tell us. What is on the bench today, this week?
1: Not a damn thing has changed since last week. The derby's still sitting there. The engine's in a box. But tomorrow I should have some time to to crack into that and hopefully not have to crack the case. Mm. Uh, I also need to go get a tube for my Honda Hobbit that I so lovingly picked up from Jordan and Chris about... Yeah. Um, two, no,
0: two years ago two
1: years ago almost two, two years ago, ago. Yeah. yeah i
0: remember that that hobbit that hobbit has a funny story actually i don't want to get too far oh, off the all, road. Okay. all of us are involved
1: in that one yeah, yeah.
0: that's true we all, all of us
2: to take away from that purchase
0: <laughs> we went robert and i went to go look at a cl 350 correct am, am i getting that right 1972 yep 72 cl 350 still really have cool it bike.
2: and it's still a project
0: from a welder (laughs) in his basement and in a box next to it well i guess parts of it were in a box but it was it was rolling was a honda hobbit and i remember asking the guy hey if this guy gives you full price for the bike can i have that hobbit for 30 bucks (laughs) i ran down to the corner store pulled out 30 bucks (laughs) and i was the owner of my very first moped of course it took a few days for me to realize i had no business owning such a thing and i called up danny and Danny, yeah, you made up a trip or made yeah. a trip up and picked up the Hobbit.
3: I had attempted to clean it up too. Like, I'm like, I'm going to ride this. And I'm like, no, there's no fucking way. Cause there's just electrical weirdness that I did not want to figure out.
1: It was fine. It was a
0: project, but by the time Danny, by the time he got up there, I think you had it at least with spark. And I think you had gotten it to fire by the time you not, loaded it up. And not
1: up. in Portland. It's like the day I brought it home, I had it. Um, good to go but yeah it's it's still it still has got some weird hinks to it it's still idles kind of whenever it so chooses um but it rides really nice once it's riding but it's got a flat front tire because i think that thing was like 30 years old just by mm-hmm. looking at it
3: yeah
0: yeah it was a pretty old yeah. tire pretty old set of tires on there i think i still have the rear tire in my tire pile i'll have to send that back to you danny no i uh, left that
1: there for a reason <laughs> um take hey man, it back. That's want it. The, the derby and the hobbit are really the ones on the on the bench so hopefully the hobbit will be good to go tomorrow i just gotta switch out that tube and then the derby it's gonna take some work the derby is that a moto bacon no it's a derby
0: so that's a brand is Der, derby. Yeah, the
1: derby derby is the brand variant is the model it's the one moped that came out of Spain, and it's like the heaviest one. It's probably at least one hundred and fifty. So it's like wow. significantly heavier oh. than that than is. It's still just like ones. a fifty cc. Yeah, but I I sourced this old seventy cc kit that's going on it, but I gotta do some modifications to the case to make that fit right.
0: Hmm. Definitely. How do you are you like actually taking um like when you say modification is the case, are you taking the, the opening for the cylinder down? Like, do you have to machine something down or, yeah. or open it up? Or so how?
1: if you take off the cylinder and look in there, like right next to the crank, there's these four little nubs that stick out that a 38 millimeter piston fits perfectly in between. But then this new kit's got a 44, 45 millimeter piston. I don't remember which, but the piston skirt, secure- Will slap right against those little nubs. So you got to dremel them down. (laughs) Um, I didn't dremel them down far enough the first time and cracked a piston. So, and you're saying, so (laughs) what you're saying
0: is the, so what you're saying, the piston slapping the side, that's bad. Yeah. You shouldn't have pistons that slap the cylinder wall. Gotcha. No,
1: not the cylinder wall that the little (laughs) nubs that come out of the case. Notches on the case. Oh, right. Because it won't, it it won't actually clear the case. Yeah. Yeah. So it won't, it doesn't have a, won't go down to bottom dead center. Woof. Yep. Right on. Um,
0: so that means ratio is at the same. Yeah. All nothing, right. That's no, where i Nothing
1: too. changed. <laughs> it's been a busy week.
0: So that's two running, and what are we at? 23 <laughs> more under the
1: No, it's like 50 50 right now. It's good. Oh, that's Pretty good. Yeah,
0: that's better than mine. So yeah, it's pretty good. Robert, does. what's on the what's on your bench? Still working on, on the Triumph.
2: Uh, worked on some wiring today, not as much as I wanted to. Uh, just getting ignition coils wired in. Went over the diagram. Did some fancy calculations to figure out what spring rate I should be running on the rear shocks, uh, which doesn't mean I know what rate the springs that are actually on there on. I have uh, I've been sort of acquiring old shocks uh, to rebuild. It's been a good a good winter hobby. Um, what else did I get done today? So really, yeah,
0: really quick. I'm just curious. So the, like the, um, I, I'm always a big fan of the race tech site because you can look up what the stock springs are and you kind of punch in your weight and kind of where you're at. So it doesn't, the race tech site doesn't have the old triumphs on there.
2: Uh, it does the, the triumph front forks are kind of an interesting thing. And so I'm actually going to be swapping the front end for an old, um, bed front off a, um, a can am bombardier. Um, which is a, a pretty common swap um just any of the old bit or, or um, Italian or Spanish front ends from dirt bikes from the 70s pretty typical to see those swapped onto triumphs. the triumph forks are a bit uh, more labor intensive to rebuild. they're not great. I think they only have um, four three to four inches of travel. Um, yikes. so I have a front end that's going to swap on I just have to machine the stem down and uh, the back I actually picked up. Uh, a couple old sets of shocks. Uh, one is an old, really nice set of works performance shocks from the 80s uh, that look really good. Uh, so those have to. Those are probably going to go on the Triumph, and then I got an old set of more worn. They need to be rebuilt, so I got seals for them. Uh, an old set of 70s Fox shocks. Uh, those are going to go on the Husky. Um, so both a little taller than the original shocks, but only by like half an inch to an inch. Um, and I think the spring rates should be about right. The works shocks were intended for a Matisse Like a Rickman frame. So, same, similar weight, same, same engine for a Triumph. Um, And yeah, so that's what I'm working on. Long winded, but, uh, and then wiring. Uh, It's these bikes use a, what's called a um, energy transfer ignition from Triumph, but it's basically an AC um, batteryless ignition. Um, so finding replacement coils is hard, but you can just use basically moped coils, which is why I've accumulated so many moped coils uh, to try putting on.
0: I was going to say, those are kind of the universal when your ignition coil fails. The first one you try is that $6. Orange. I'm a big fan oh, of the orange yeah.
2: Bahage, uh universal coil. Uh, it worked for the DR350. I hope it's yep. going to work for, th- I've got Spark on it, so it's working on this bike. Um, and it's pretty, I, I think pretty much what people are using because the yep. original Lucas ET coils are, are no longer have not been made for
1: probably like 40 years and you can't find yeah. them. I think I that's have, a fun I fact. Two of those on standby just for whenever those coils die. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> and that's a fun fact for the listeners. If you do have a coil that goes out well-known DIY mod is to just buy those cheap scooter orange Bajaj, right? That's yeah. the, that's the one who makes those and they They usually, they usually end up working with a lot of bikes. They may not have the best longevity, but they're pretty solid. Chris, anything you work on this week?
3: Um, just growing a baby. Yeah, I can't really (laughs) touch any cool, fun chemicals or clean anything or put a lot of force in it. I can I can't even put my fucking shoes on, so it's it's a thing. That's what's on the bench, baby making. Baby
0: making. Yes. The latter, the latter part of baby making. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that is
3: until I can ride again yes that's yes. when i'll be able to have something on the bench again
0: until you can ride and wrench again and yeah. for me i've still got the wr250 the 1994 ninety-four 50 on the bench that's my kind of project uh woods bike project we'll have to post some pictures up of all of the stuff we've been working on mm-hmm. um that's going it's got i put the uh carb on and this was a a chinese copy of a pwk38 airstriker i eventually want to buy like a pwk38 or electron i haven't really made up my mind so in order to kind of figure that out i went ahead and bought a cheap clone of it it seems pretty well constructed i've been really impressed Um, bike is still pretty tough to start i checked my plug gap i checked compression and the coil is giving pretty decent spark um, but it's still a pretty tough bike to start. So, you know, I, I'm wondering if the carb is not getting super great flow when it does get started though. It definitely carb definitely works. Um, and jetting needs to be a little fine tune. I'm going to be doing that tomorrow. I got to do the fork seals tomorrow and yeah, then just kind of waiting, hunting a couple little odds and ends that I'm missing, but it's, it's coming, it's coming together. It's going to be a cool little woods bike. It's been super fun to ride around while I've been uh working on it. It's a nice compliment to the 450 which is kind of more of a open class bike. This is a nice little woods bike. So yeah, awesome. Um so as we said at the top, you know, this week is all about gear. Um kind of like our episode last week, we talked a lot about, you know, what was that first bike? How do we get to that first bike? Um and I know myself included, as soon as I ran out to get the first bike, I didn't really think about the first gear. So there's a lot of debate, uh, both in writing circles, uh, definitely writing circles I've written in and, uh, you know, online and things like that about what are those essential pieces of gear? How do you get into them? Uh, cause frankly, it's really expensive. I finally just bought, well, I'll get to my most beloved piece of gear, but it, it wasn't cheap, you know? Um, and so getting that first set acquired, that really works well for you can be really difficult. I think we'll all have slightly different perspectives on like what kind of disciplines we're riding, whether it be dirt or street, maybe a mix or things like that. So I'm, I'm interested to hear what the differences are. Um, but this is definitely a question that comes up when people are starting out. So I'm curious if you guys, we did this uh, before the show starts we started, we gave each of us um, $300. And we said you can, you know, three hundred dollars. You can buy whatever you want. That's your budget, though. That's what you're capped out at. What do you buy? And kind of compare that maybe to what we did actually buy. You know, I think we have a little more foresight now about what we would have bought instead of what we did buy. Um, so, Robert, I'm curious, what is that list? What does that list look like for you? If you had that three hundred bucks, maybe how was that different than what you actually ended up with?
2: Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, the number one thing, and and I. Th- one of the things it's easy to forget when you're getting into riding motorcycles is how much money you end up spending on gear. Uh, and it is something you don't want to skimp on. It's kind of like tires. That's the thing that if you get into a bad situation, that's, you're, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to be wanting to think like, Oh, if only I would have saved. A, if I, if only I would have spent a little less money on this thing, that's going to save my life. So <laughs> for me, I think number one priority would be a helmet I do think there's a lot of great options in the like hundred-ish dollar range. Uh, I, as I was talking about before we started recording, I'm a big fan of the of the Biltwell helmets. Uh, hipstery though they might be. I am a huge fan of my Gringo. I definitely have used it, uh, riding in dirt, falling on stuff, smacking it around on stuff. It's never let me down. It fits my head shape well. But I think there's a lot of great options um, in that ballpark. I know H- HJC I think makes a lot of good helmets in that kind of 90 to $100 range. Um, you can get stuff on sale if you get closeouts from like any of the big brands, Bell, Fox, um, Shoei, however you put Shoei, uh,
0: built. Show, show, Shoei. Shoei. Um,
2: but like built all, all those, all the kind of brands make, I think a decent helmet in that ballpark. And the technology and helmets has, has gotten to a really great place these days that you can get some. I think a good all around helmet that'll keep you safe for about a hundred bucks. So that's the first hundred bucks. Next thing I would say some kind of, um, um, protective armor depends on what you're going to be doing. Mine, my first buy was the, um, Fox Titan, um, armor for like dirt riding, um, which has really been great. It's also about a hundred bucks in that ballpark. Um, but I've smacked into things, bounced off of rocks, done all kinds of stuff. It's, I've never, you know, knock on wood, I've never wanted for something more. Um, yeah, I mean, gloves, you can get stuff. I'm again, a big fan of Biltwell. You could spend about 20 to 30 bucks and get a set of leather gloves. They're not going to have any kind of reinforcement on the knuckle for, I think that price. I, I, I would say nothing you're going to get at that price is going to have suitable reinforcement, right? For a hard fall Definitely. on the street. So that's something to kind of look out for, budget for. Um, I think if you're doing more dirt riding, a a leather glove is going to do you find something that closes securely around the wrist that it's not going to flop off. But you really just want something to protect your hands. Um, And yeah, I think honestly, I think another place you can save a lot of money is and what I did the first time I did was buy a used jacket. Uh, and then buy new armor, buy replacement armor for it. So a lot of motorcycle stuff. For those who are maybe newer to it, you c- you can get purpose built, obviously motorcycle clothing, pants, jackets, uh, with you know little pouches where you can replace the armor. And I think what I found was a good way to get into it was buying those uh, secondhand or on clothes out without the armor, getting the jacket, and then buying the armor separately. It was maybe maybe thirty or forty bucks for a full set of uh, armor to replace that and yeah. then you're kind of good to go you can really spend you know in the ballpark of like fifty to hundred dollars and have a really good um, protective sort of kit to keep you safe um, and, and obviously tailored to suit your needs for dirt or street depending on what you're doing but
0: um, yeah definitely and it sounds like that kit is kind of a nice uh, balance maybe what you might call like a dual sport kit where it's got a nice balance between road functionality And, uh, but still gonna, you know, work in the dirt and not be, um, like too bulky or anything like that in the dirt. I also have the Titan jacket. I actually finally wore out my first Titan jacket after about three or four seasons. And, uh, it was a great, honestly, great investment. Um, I moved to a different body armor system um i guess i'll just go over mine my uh you know actually before i get into that though i want to back up to something you said about buying used gear that is like super contentious i know people from all across the spectrum who will say like yeah i bought like like actually i did my first helmet was a was a garage sale helmet um you know i know people who are on that side of the spectrum who are like yeah i buy everything used you know i, I know a lot of people who like One of their best kept, you know, boot secrets is they just buy racers boots. So like when the racer has finished a season, it might have like a little bit too much, too much wear on the outside of like a sole or something. So they'll just toss it and then you can get them either resold or usually just ride them how they are and get them for hundreds of dollars cheaper for some of those like premium dirt brands and things or uh, boot brands and things like that. So and then I know people are kind of on the on the other side of the spectrum where like I would never buy, you know a used jacket, I would never buy used pants, I'd never buy used boots, you just can't trust them. I think I'm kind of in the boat of, like, I wouldn't buy another used helmet, necessarily. I think that was a little dicey. I bought a used sh- uh, shoey and a used Bell, uh, and they served me pretty well. They ended up falling apart because they're just super old. The, the liner and the actual protective parts didn't fall apart, but, like, the visor had problems, and they were definitely out of Uh, definitely out of the date range that they probably should have been used. Uh, but I I have done that in the past when I was starting out and I was, I didn't have a lot of money, but nowadays I kind of, I'm on the side of like, I definitely think, you know, you should buy a new helmet is probably a good idea. You know, especially there's a lot of really pretty decent helmets on the lower, uh, on the budget range nowadays, but I will definitely buy a used jacket. I will definitely buy like used, um, maybe not pants as much because pants. I think I have kind of a weird fitting size, so I haven't. I haven't usually scored that way. But I've bought. Um, you know, I would buy like a solid pair of used boots. And I'm kind of wondering before we move on what everyone's kind of opinion on that new versus you thing, uh, new versus used thing would be.
2: Don't buy a used helmet. a but I yeah. I mean, I, I think it's helmets. You can if you wait or you keep an eye out for like season end of season sales, stuff like that, you can get pretty much anything aesthetically you're looking for with the protection you want at a, at a reasonable price. And it's not, I mean, at the end of the day, if you're going to skimp somewhere, don't skimp on a helmet, yeah. right? Um, but everything else, personally, I think, you, you know, one thing that's great, like I said, is is with motorcycle gear now, it's pretty modular. So you can always replace the important part, which is the padding, the sort of protective armor components to it. And you could have a jack, as long as there's not holes in it, um, you know, you're not necessarily these days, depending on the garment itself for protection, as much as these individual little modular pieces of armor that you could replace. Um, so I'm, I'm all for it, um, for things like boots and jackets, um, pretty much anything but a helmet.
0: And I guess for impact, that's definitely true with the armor. Although, like you said, if it has holes and things like that, it's not going to, and you're on the street, especially, you're not going to get that abrasive, uh, help. What do you think, Danny? You buy new stuff ever, or are you only buy new stuff?
1: Yeah, I, I. Same line as Robert, like don't skimp out on a helmet in like a, a pinch, I bought a used helmet from like a, a vintage shop and I put it on. And I was like, a, I can tell this isn't gonna do anything and B, like it looks fucking awful. <laughs> Not that you look cool in any helmet really, but like you always look like a space alien. but yeah, it took me like a couple days to to go out and just buy a new helmet. and I eventually ended up replacing that one. Um, but yeah. New helmet used everything else. Yeah. There there are
0: definitely some killer deals out there. Chris, what do you think?
3: Um, I think my first street helmet was used, but it was also never worn. It was the white built one that we got out in like Beaverton or something. Uh yeah. And it was like never used. Dude bought it for his wife and she used it once to go on a ride and decided that she hated riding on the back of a motorcycle for some demonic reason. (laughs) Um, And yeah, and I bought that helmet and used that helmet for when we went to Baja and me and Jordan did that trip together through the Yucatan. Um, And that was cool. And that helmet worked for that trip. And I haven't touched it since.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that was the street. I think that's a built built street helmet and yeah. it was yeah i mean it was like liners it had tags it was like brand yeah new which Still is kind of funny a bag to, like well and it's kind of funny to buy one of those used because they're i think we saved like 20 dollars so, i something. know
3: they're so cheap already
0: yeah they are pretty cheap mm-hmm. um yeah but anyways i just want to have that conversation really quick you know i think that there are definitely some of those items that are not so bad to buy used so Uh, Chris, I'm wondering with that $300, what did you get?
3: All right, y'all. I got beef. (laughs) (laughs) I got so much beef. Um, So first and foremost, I just want to say that buying women's gear is a fucking joke. Um, Like, either, like, nothing fits right. Like, it's either, like, really... They try to make things look aesthetically pleasing, but there's like no real protection for some things, or it's so chunky that you feel like a Michelin man in whatever you're wearing. And it's just horrible because like they have like, because of course like women's gear has room for breasts, but it's either too much or too little, depending on how well endowed in the chest you are. Um, and also, and I have like a couple. Of, I have two lists that I put down, and one is for street, and one is for dirt. Um, but for my dirt list, uh, I am small. I'm a five three person. Pre pregnancy weight was like around one twenty ish, is what I weighed. So I would just shop in the boys' gear because that's just what you have to do when you like, can't find anything.
0: Like youth, youth gear.
3: Yes, youth oh, gear. Okay. You like and like some of it and i hate pink so like and everything's either pink or purple and i'm just like fucking kill me now so <laughs> that's all the yeah all the women's selections yeah. i've noticed
0: when i've been looking for stuff like to send you or like oh this kind of looks interesting it's always pink or purple and the manufacturers offer like one tenth of the line in women's as they do in men's Yes.
3: and it's so much more expensive too of, There's like a
0: premium on it. Yeah,
3: and I don't know why. That's just, you know, that's just women's clothing in general. So what I did was you just got to like shop at a time of the year when things are cheap. And so I, of course, I got like a Fox R3 chest protector, which is a women's chest protector from uh what is it? Cycle, cycle yeah, gear. Cycle Gear. Cycle Gear, yeah. And, and that was like 76 bucks. It, for me, at the time when I was riding, there was a little bit too much room in the chest. Just, like, by, like, maybe, like, an inch and a half, which is, like, uh, like, you want to have some movement, but also you want to feel protected. But it was all right. It was just the basic chest and then shoulder guard. Um, I got a Fox Boys jersey, uh, and that ran about 20 bucks. Also at Cycle Gear. 100% goggles. 20 like 15 bucks also at cycle gear and that was during a sale um i also got because i also have a tiny head i had to get a youth xl uh helmet and it was the built amped evo helmet and that was about 80 89 bucks which is pretty cheap yeah it's not bad and it yeah and it that's
0: their that's their not their bottom of the line i think uh it's dirt like middle. Helmet. they have like a middle Level, which I think it's still pretty solid. It looks I
3: ran good. into a tree on that thing, like head first, like boom, like chest protector, and then my head in a, like still solid helmet. Like 10 out of 10 would recommend. Um, and then the real gem of that list that I love to death are my TCX Baja WP boots. I got them for $89 on Iron Pony. You can't find those things for less than three hundred dollars.
2: I was gonna say also shout out to Iron Pony.
3: Hell yeah, oh, Iron yeah. Pony. that's where the deals
2: live. Please yes. sponsor us.
3: I stood in a like two foot puddle when we were riding in Montana because I stalled and not a drop of water got Damn. through those boots.
2: And you have don't you have a, a jacket from there also? Iron oh Pony?
3: yeah, from Iron Pony, I do. And that's part of my street gear. Is I got um it's the women's textile jacket, the jet jacket from Roland Sands. Um, and that was like 70 bucks. Um, and then these weird high top Harley Davidson boots <laughs> that I got oh, yeah. from Buffalo Exchange for $40. <laughs> and also just I got um, I bought a brand new Bitwill. Bonanza helmet that's sparkle silver for 150 from CC Motorsports or motorcycle stuffs. So like, and that was just with like some hunting. And for my dirt gear, I got like a total of $289. Later on, I learned that knee pads save lives. So that was $25 in the youth section that I found on our trip when we were in the camper. And then I got gloves that I wasn't borrowing from Jordan that actually fit my hands. $15 also at Cycle Gear. (laughs) So that brought out the total of dirt gear up to like $329. Um, But I don't really ride street because I don't have my motorcycle endorsement. But once I do, I probably will invest in better things. But honestly, my favorite piece of gear is my boots. I feel stable. My feet feel protected. I feel like if I can put my foot down on and like in a rocky section and not break my ankle, and stay dry, it's a win-win. Yeah. And they're leather all the way through. You do get a little sweaty.
0: Yeah, they lock that in with the liner. Those yeah. TCX boots are really similar to the uh, Garnet's like balance oiled boots. Mm-hmm. Um, really similar to the Malcolm Smith boots. Yeah, those are those kind of like trials style adventure boots and they're really great for like most trail riding i think and for especially for dual sporting but the downside is is that
3: they're a men's boot and so they're not a women's boot and if you're like a lot of the women's boots don't have the coverage or like just the safety features that a men's boot would have same with like a lot of like protective gear if you want like my hunt for pants pre-pregnancy i got some thor pants that i never got to wear but just looking for pants and just general like jerseys and stuff for women that aren't just like pink is like stupid unless you want to pay the climb prices to get their cool color stuff like
0: that's yeah that's definitely true if you move into kind of more of the premium or like even some of the middle grade brands Mm -hmm. or middle grade levels of brands that they will offer um a couple more colorways but yeah not until you get to like climb which you know climb makes really great stuff yeah it's awesome but not until you get to that point will you get that level of uh colorway options and things like that
3: totally and and it's like you don't want to spend money on that unless you actually know that you like riding dirt
0: that's true and that's
3: like something that you want to invest in i mean fly racing does really cool colorways for pretty cheap but it's still a little bit pricey to buy just regular dirt gear that you're not sweating getting swamp ass in the middle of the trail or something like that (laughs) you know and it's it's just like it sucks so like i i the last time i rode i was just in like a shitty pair of jeans and my boy's jersey with my chest protector and all that other shit but like that's what you got to do sometimes is look for things on discount and like winter is the time to do it if you're looking if you're a small person like me who likes riding gear or if you're a woman who wants to ride and does that kind of riding and looks for gear, like you got to just do it around the winter time or else you're not going to find shit or you're going to be paying way out of pocket for something. You don't even know you want to get into.
0: (laughs) Definitely. And that's, that's another really great point is, you know, like right now uh, in the coming month or so, maybe even a little bit before now, depending on the site, uh, they'll clear out the old gear from last year's models. Uh, whenever the seasons change over and the manufacturer's coming out with their like 2021 or, you know, whatever line, you can usually find that 2020 line for a little bit cheaper and save a little bit of money while still being able to get some pretty, uh, great stuff. And I also am a really big fan of the fly stuff. I've had the mid-level fly, uh, kind of the kinetic line of like pants and Jersey. And I, I love them. They're awesome. Uh, Danny, what about that? You know, you're starting out, you get your first, uh, you know, mopeds are a little different. You're still on the street. There's still yeah. cars all around you and all things like that, but you're starting out, you got the 300 bucks. What do you get?
1: Um, so I, so that's a tough one. I mean, I definitely a helmet. I had a, a three quarters for my first helmet. It was a built, it was fine. Um, and then I got hit by a car. I luckily did not hit my face on the ground or my head on the ground at all. But I was it immediately like the next day, I was like, full face, not risking yeah. this again. Mm-hmm. So something something in the full face. Built well is usually pretty solid. I didn't have time to actually go find an exact one, but I'm gonna say around 150, you can probably find something.
0: A solid three quarter, definitely. Or a full face yeah. one fifty can get you. You might not get brands, like yeah. the
1: the fanciest of gringos or something like that, but if you're in Southern California, Built Well does like a, a parking lot or like a closed out sale like every year and everything is like super discounted. Um, it's also, I mean, yeah, yeah like, I think I think in general with
2: helmets like we were saying, you can get stuff marked off if you just keep your eyes out. Um, yeah. And, and, and don't be afraid to look for something specific because I know like with the Built Well stuff, uh, I know like CC up in Portland will have like a 20% off sale or something like once a year and you can get
1: stuff pretty yeah. cheap um yeah so not necessarily from them but just other shops you frequent just keep an eye out you like know like i'll go to, to vespa shop down here in san diego to buy like jets or something but they sell helmets because you know people who ride scooters also wear helmets and they had a bunch on clearance the last time i was down there um in terms of other gear just like a solid pair of thick jeans um i put like a pair of uniqlo Selvedge. They're thick. They're like almost, they're like 14 ounces. So like Mm -hmm. they're, they're thicker than your normal jean. They'll take a beating. Um, they'll run about 70 bucks. Get a pair of gloves that maybe has some like rubber knuckle protection, nothing, nothing hard shell about 15 bucks. Um, I worked on cycle gear for a clearance jacket. There's a $50 freeze out warmer zipped something like that. Seems sounds like, like a seem, liner, liner yeah, it might be like a that, liner yeah. but toss that under put you know Canadian tuxedo it up toss a there jean jacket go. on you're good um and then I always I find it super helpful to have a handlebar phone mount so I put that on my list it's not necessarily protective gear but if you're needing to ride with directions or something it's a lifesaver.
0: Well, and you got all that money left over, so it works out.
1: No, my, what I, what I, I I totaled up to like pretty much just 300.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And I, mine that I built today was a little bit different. I started out with built gear. One of the things about, you know, as a DIY kind of budget oriented show. um, One of the things I really like about cycle gear and Robert can attest to this is that I used a um, built dual sport helmet that had like a slide down visor it was their bottom of the barrel cheapest one i thrashed it i mean like riding on the trails i you know ate shit fell over scratched it, it was dented like i had you know it was fine it didn't take any hard impacts or anything it was definitely usable um but i had a problem with one of the visor screws and i took it in like where the visor connects the helmet and i said hey i just i keep screwing this down it doesn't work i don't know this wasn't a cycle gear I had been to. They took it right from me, took it off the floor, like just pick another one off the floor. They're like, this is good. I'm like, oh yeah, definitely. And they're like, cool, you can have it. And so they have like a five year uh, warranty on their stuff. Wow. And in my experience, they literally just trade you right across for it. So that that is a little plug for cycle gear. I, I, I know some people really kind of turn their nose up to it, but I think when you're starting out, I honestly think their stuff is pretty great. Um, I really love Rocky Mountain, so ATV. So I got a lot of my items off there for 89 bucks. I had an HJC. I don't remember what the model was. They're a Korean company, uh, and they have DOT and ECE. I believe it's ECE rating as well. So you get a little safer. This is uh, for a dirt gear list. So they got a dirt helmet from them. I got uh, 100% Strata. Uh, goggles. I've had those for a while. They're okay. They're not the best goggles, but um, I currently have a pair of 100%s as my backup. I think it is these Stratas, and they're fine. They're just a really basic dirt goggle. Um, They don't really hold up forever, uh, but they're pretty solid. Uh, I also have the O'Neill Rider boot. I had this boot for about three years. I finally kicked a hole in it in the bottom from kickstarting a bike one day. It's got scuffs and bends. It definitely flexes a lot more than it should. But I really like those O'Neill boots. Um, I use it for dual sport purposes and during my first season or so of, of riding mostly trails. Great boot. Uh, then I also found on eBay a used fly barricade like roost deflector. So it's like a flexible molded um, kind of mesh, just the roost deflector. And I think it's a good idea when you're in the dirt. I've definitely hit my chest on the bars uh, going over the bars. I have hit my back when, when hitting and... I, right now I ride with moose armor, um, which went, pushed my budget a little over $300, uh, but it, it is a great piece of gear at hundred bucks. It's like the XC one, uh, it's a mesh armor piece and it's been great. I've taken some pretty hard impacts on it and, uh, and it's been pretty awesome. So that all came in. Oh. And then of course the piece, the resistance is the, uh, $5, this is my big plug of the day, $5. I guess I've had a few already four ninety nine. 99. Harbor Freight black mechanics gloves. If you look at like a dirt, <laughs> if you look at a dirt model, like a fox glove or something like that, some of them do have leather palms, um, but they're usually really, really thin and the stitching on the budget gloves, not the really nice gloves. Like you could go to try Lee and get some really nice gloves for you know 70, 80 bucks. And those those are definitely nicer, but for like the cheap 30, $40 uh, moto gloves, they just have a really thin palm, really thin fingers. I find that the the Harbor Freight gloves are cheap. I have almost you know three or four pairs I keep with me. They're five bucks. They last a surprisingly long time. I eventually do wear them out, usually about halfway through the season, but they're cheap enough that I can buy two pairs. So like if I'm riding out west in the coast range and they get wet, I can just toss them in at lunch and grab another pair. Uh, I can always bring another pair with me while I'm on a trip. And for five bucks, they have a leather palm. They have a little thicker fingers than most moto gloves. I think it's a great budget buy and i i would almost say that's my piece of sleeper gear because it's like it's just so cheap and there's there's so I, I get a lot more life out of them than i usually expect um so all of that came in at 295 and i think 82 cents so still staying under that budget got me in the 300 um and a lot of those things some of those things i definitely had the 100 goggles you know the o'neill boots i had those from the beginning and I think I found a used uh, Fox Titan uh, resufflector once upon a time that I ended up using for my first few seasons. I really, really like that. So yeah, those are kind of some tips on, you know, finding gear out there. Like Iron Pony was mentioned, uh, some of the closeout sections on sites like Revzilla and Rocky Mountain, you can find really good end of season stuff. eBay, a lot of times, will, will have some pretty decent used stuff. Again, I think most of us probably wouldn't advocate going for that used helmet, but for a pair of boots or something like that, why not? So with that being said, I'm gonna transition here. What is that most beloved piece of gear? So we actually posted online, I posted in a few groups, um, some writing circles and some bigger internet groups to kind of get an idea of what that most beloved piece of gear. I got some pretty interesting answers, but I'm curious to hear kind of what your guys' pieces of gear that like, it's just that one thing, it could be riding gear, Uh, it could be something that goes on the bike. It could be a tool, but it's that one thing that it's just, you're not leaving on a ride without Danny. What is that most beloved piece of gear?
1: A bag of zip ties. Yes. Wow. I, you don't, I can't even count the amount of times that I've had to, to zip tie something on a ride. Um, but if it was an actual piece of like equipment or gear, um, I've got this like multi-tool Swiss army knife that's got, multiple sizes of screwdrivers, couple different knives or like a, even like a little mini saw on it. And that has saved my ass on a ride quite a few times. Um, kind of like when the, I was talking about that first episode with my, my bike that the first one I got that didn't like to, to idle very much. Um, <laughs> it would the, with that tank that was super dirty, it would clog the jet on the, on the carb all the time. And, it was uh, a Delorto Shaw carb, and they only have that main jet. So if that thing gets clogged, you're screwed. So I was, we were riding a couple times, and like it would die, like it died going up a hill once. I had to pull off, pop the carb off, blew out that jet, and put it back on. We were good to go. But if I didn't have that multi tool, I would not have been able to do that. So if yeah. we're doing, doing tools, that, if we're doing just general gear, that bag of zip ties definitely that
0: bag of zip ties that is zip ties and safety wire can get you a really really long way zip tie i think i'd rather have the zip ties so zip ties are super versatile um yeah chris what is that one piece of gear that you are like i will not go on a ride without it won't leave home if i'm going out on a ride what is that piece of gear
3: oh god honestly and this is just on my bike and i just like thank the lord every day for them um it's my handguards, my freaking handguards, um, especially when you're a new rider. Don't expect that you're going to stay on the freaking bike the whole time.
4: <laughs> <Yes>. Do not <laughs>
3: expect that you are going to run into a bush. You're going to hit a tree. You're going to fly off the trail. And you know what happens when you fly off the trail? You drop your bike. You know what happens when you drop your bike and you don't have like guards for your hands? You're going to break a lever and then you're just (laughs) fucking screwed with a broken lever and you're trying like it's either the clutch or the brake and you're doing funky things while you're on the trail trying to get back to where you were. God bless my handguards. I am like I would have broken my hand if I like hit that tree in Montana if I didn't have my dang handguards. So they're my favorite thing. You don't realize how much they save your life until you drop your bike like 12 million times like me and scream on a trail and be like God. But your hands yeah. are okay.
0: <laughs> I've I've gone I've definitely gone through a few cheaper handguards now and I've put them on a lot of bikes. And I'm getting to the point now where I'm like, I think I'm ready to buy nicer handguards because I I just hit stuff a lot. I hit a rider the other day on the train. <laughs> um, I've hit trees. Social distancing. I felt so bad.
1: Wait, 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 wait. You're just gonna glaze over that really quick? <laughs>
0: Well, I'll tell you this story really quick, I guess. Is I was riding at, uh, we were at Rogers Camp in Tillamook State Forest out west. I was riding with a friend and we, um, I was kind of ripping this fast section and there was a tight, if you can imagine, like a kind of not a crazy ravine, but a pretty decent drop on the left side uh, and a little bit of a gully. And then kind of on the right side, there was just a tree in the trail and there was a trail around the tree this is all like like quad width, like maybe not quite single track but not quite uh, definitely not two track so uh, you know whatever 50 inches or something um and i see a you know it's typical like you fix your eyes on something and i see a guy coming up on me and i think like well i could take this track around the single track around the tree but i have plenty of room and sure enough i focus on him just a little bit too much i didn't notice the tree on the right i clipped my bar on the right which i had handguard so save excuse me save my uh, brake lever there and then (laughs) I just like whack it deflects me and I Ah. just run right into this guy's beautiful uh WR interestingly enough not a WR Yamaha but a WR Husqvarna uh one of the wide ratio two strokes and it's awesome it's such a cool bike and I just just whack right into it bump him down (laughs) into the ravine and I'm like oh no I'm so sorry you know I, I hop up really quick and uh help him get his bike up he was super cool about it yeah it happens on the trail all the time but another great reason i have hand guards i was i was third gear um you know i was definitely shifting down into third kind of slowing down a little bit but i clipped the tree pretty good pace definitely would have taken uh some some knuckles Along with it, and it would not have been fun. So, those hand guards—that's actually a really great pick. Chris, or, uh, <laughs> or, that's a great pick, Chris. I would definitely agree. Robert, what do you got? Most right. beloved piece of gear. This is,
2: here's another sleeper piece of sleeper gear. This is um. Oh yeah. Uh, some advice for all of you out there listening along. Mine is a bar of soap.
0: Oh. Oh yeah. And here I here will we go. tell you why. And this
2: again is a more dual sport oriented uh pro tip, but. Uh, also, there's a story attached. I, Jordan and I were out riding in, um, in Baja, California. And for a story that we'll save for another day, but the end of the, the result was I, I dropped my bike and cracked a pl- my plastic tank. So was a big oversized desert gas tank. Um, cracked it on a rock, dropping the bike. And several times. Yeah. Yeah. Several times. Several times. <laughs> and was just like had this slow gas leak. Um, tried patching it up with everything. We're on the, we're on a ride. So, I, you know, I tried like two part epoxy, tried marine epoxy, tried this, that, and the other thing, trying to patch it up. Could not figure out what to do. is was just slowly leaking gas the whole time. And um lo and behold, we stopped to get breakfast in I don't remember where, middle of nowhere, and this guy comes out and he goes, Hey you know, your gas tank's leaking? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I can't figure out what to do. You know, I'm just going to like fix it when I get back, I guess, uh, and weld the plastic or something. And he goes, oh, no, no, what you got to do, hold on, hold on, hold on. And he goes, and he goes into the bathroom. We're at this uh, motel, I think, that we stayed at that also had a restaurant. And he goes into the, the supply cabinet for the bathroom, and he comes back with a bar, full bar of laundry soap. And he's like, and, and he's telling us the story about writing, Three wheelers on the dunes as a kid, and he goes, Oh, yeah, we used to do this all the time. And you take the bar of soap and you just rub it against the plastic, and it actually flakes off and filled the crack in the tank.
3: Damn. And it was like it was like magic. Believe- yeah,
2: it was like, I, I could not believe it. We're going, like, yeah, 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 sure. Sure enough. I mean, I rode probably another, I don't know, couple hundred miles. The At thing least. made it back. I Swore up and down that I would patch that tank when I got home. I think I rode it for another six months with a big just, like, chunk yeah. of soap on the side. Damn. Did great. Rain, shine, didn't matter. No. Uh, you know, if you ever needed to work on it, I guess you could get your hands wet and get some suds on there and kind of things down. But no, bar of soap, uh, number one all-time. We'll no longer go on a dirt ride without without a bar of soap.
3: My it was solid. We were... is blown. We yeah. were both... <laughs> pro
2: pro, pro tip. Pro t- tip. Uh, Laundry soap. I- he
0: was a tr- he was a trucker, and it was the next town south of Catavina. Yeah. So I want to say, because there's like two Santa Rosalias. I want to say it was Rosalia, like two. It's not the one that's on the coast. And um, there's something like that. It has a name that's also a name of a town on the coast. And it's a little loncheria, like a little restaurant place. And he was like a trucker. And sure enough, I was watching right with Robert. I was like, there's no, what is this guy doing? Like, what's going on? And it I can attest. I will I will witness that I mean like gas and everything, on, like weeping yes. gas
2: out of the hole yep. made no difference. The soap didn't care, filled it right nope. up. It was, it was the most amazing thing. Wow.
1: Good I pick. Would, good I pick. would not have guessed that that, that would be bar of soap. It. Tell your
2: friends. I will. tell your friends.
0: Hot bar tip. of soap. Hot I, recommend, tip I, of soap. Tip. I recommend I recommend lava. It's yep. got a nice smell. <laughs> fills nicely. It's cheap. It's an Irish spring. Bring a bar of soap. Yes, absolutely. Most beloved gear, bar of soap. I love it. Um, Yeah. And, you know, if I I had to think about this a long time because there's a lot of little pieces of gear that I love that are just like, and I thought about, well, this should be like riding gear. Should not. I don't know if this is just like a short term answer, but for dirt riding, I would have never guessed. Um, You know, actually, I'm going to say my favorite piece is my new piece. I talked about it at the top of the show a little bit. I finally, this goes against the whole antithesis of the show or the whole theme of the show, I should say, you know, is, is that it should be budget and DIY, but I finally ponied up for some Garnet SG 10 boots. Oh, nice. Um, oh my God. I have very wide feet. I have a friend who has size 16 feet and our feet are the same width. So I have always struggled to find boots that are like, uh, comfortable, you know, and aren't absolutely horrible. And they fit like a glove. The first week it was super uncomfortable. Uh, I took it on a ride out to Montana and back. And then all of a sudden it was uh it just like snapped in. It just fit. And those boots are like, I hope they last for a long time. People said, you know, it's kind of like a buy once, cry once. You should get, you know, eight to ten seasons out of them. They are so awesome. It's so comfortable. I've hit rocks. I've hit square edges of all kinds. I've hit, you know, I've like where I should have rolled my ankle and some loose shale. Um, I have like hit roots where my boot my boot has actually hung under it. I've missed the Kickstarter and slammed into the peg. I've done all of it. And the Garnets are amazing. The SG10, such a great boot. Not cheap. It was, I got a closeout pair in a colorway. I really like it's like a light blue it's kind of neat uh, but they're 375 it was not cheap Ooh. definitely not the top end of boots you know there are definitely a lot of cds and it's like, like your ish.
3: first big gear investment though like the it first was. like you've been like buying cheap for a long time and so this was like the one time you were like i'm gonna bite the bullet and get the boot well and i think yeah.
2: i think dirt riding is one of those kind of rare instances where you're or, or, i should say boots for dirt riding are one of the rare instances where dirt riding, I think is more expensive than its street equivalent. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of people would say on the street side, you could kind of, you're protecting against different things. You're thinking about with street, you're thinking about sliding on on pavement. So you really want something leather, something abrasion resistant. Doesn't necessarily have to provide as much support. Whereas with dirt riding, you really want that, you know, the first time you yeah. you catch your toe on something, you're going to be glad you had the ankle support and everything. So it's, I think the point being I think in the 300 sounds like a lot but in the scheme of things for dirt riding it's it's not too bad and it's something that's going to last a while it's worth the investment
0: well and it's a test of time thing too because I think you know if they truly do last that many seasons like I bought the O'Neill boots and those were 125 I think and those lasted like three seasons and they were totally done like they could fold in half they had holes all over them and stuff. So if I can get 10 season out of boots at three nine three seventy five, 375, eh, you know, that's that's actually pretty pretty dang good. Um, so that is definitely my most beloved piece of gear. Highly recommend if you have a super wide foot. Man, it does not get any better than that Garnet stuff, but it will cost you big confidence builder too, when you have to put your foot down, dab down on a section or something like that. It is damn makes a huge difference. Um, so yeah, we, you know, I, I kind of pulled the online, like I had said, I saw a lot of things, everything from, you know, obviously like helmet, which was what what I kind of expected. People are more safety oriented. There was a lot of helmets that were thrown out there. Um, that, that was like the one thing, you know, I will not leave without boots. I had a couple other people in some of the dirt groups back that up, you know, boots are definitely that one thing. I think I had a discussion with someone about how you can spend a little more. I would actually spend a little more on a, a good solid dirt boot than I would a helmet because dirt helmets I think you can get in for pretty cheap and get some pretty, you know, decent quality stuff. Um, Senna came up a lot like comms. Mm. I personally mm. have never used comms. Um, I know definitely a lot of people have. I've gone on street rides with people who have them and I've never really done it. Uh, I think I part of the reason I like riding is because you can kind of focus on the environment and the landscape, especially in a way that you can't really do on it in a car. Like all the time I've taken long trips. I like that kind of almost meditative connection to the road. So I feel like you kind of lose that if you have someone chattering like, ah, I got to take a piss, I'm going to pull off here. But I also think of the times that I've lost Robert or Robert has lost me. <laughs> and it might not be, have been so bad to have some form of comms. I got comms a lot, comms and neck gator. Neck gator came mm. up the next most after comms I and helmet. Can definitely confirm. Uh, I think we both have
2: the same cycle gear, uh, whatever gator sort of face shield and if you live anywhere cold or you intend to ride anywhere cold it is a big game changer to not be freezing uh, at yes. least around your face.
3: Yes.
0: Definitely. And and if it were a winter time, like winter time only, most beloved piece of gear, holy shit, the tusk or moose or hippo hands, whatever you want to call them, whatever manufacturer that go over those bar ends and they're like a little insulated piece mm. of fabric. Oh my God, those things keep your hands so warm on a cold day and really make the difference in like, I would say sub forties, uh, when you're creeping down into the thirties, especially man, that, that is the difference between being able to ride for a long day and not is having those insulation. So a new segment we're kind of starting that we're, we were all pretty excited about the first week, but didn't really get to, but we want to start from here on out is the clapped out pick of the week. So how this works is throughout the week or today, last minute, because we totally forgot we look through our classifieds of our choosing, Facebook Marketplace, Offer OfferUp. Uh, Craigslist seems to be kind of going by the wayside, but, you know, uh, for deals, for really bizarre clapped out deals. But we all took our time to search. And so now we are going to share those clapped out bikes of the week. Uh, we will post this in the show notes, so it should show up on Instagram. Eventually, we'll have a website to post up on there. But let's take a look at those listings. So who wants to go first and share? I'll go first.
3: I want to get mine out of the way because it's cute. <laughs> I want to see it. Okay, so I'm hitting the present now button because I am a grandma.
0: You can do It's it. all good. You got this.
3: Okay. Let's, oh, it disappeared. Very sad. Technical difficulties. <laughs> always. Always a technical difficulty because um, I'm really weird. Well, I'm just gonna I'm gonna send it in the group chat. It's all good. Danny,
0: drop your
1: pick of the week. I wanna see it. Are you guys ready for this? Yes, I'm so ready for it. It's gonna be good. Let's put this up. I'm gonna share this with you guys. All right, so it should be sharing now. All right. So here we've got (laughs) me read this title. Pantera. Pantera Motorcycle. And in parentheses, mechanic special. Of course. All right. So now we're looking at this. It's got, mate. Oh no, it's got a gas tank. It has no seat, no plastics, nothing. <laughs> um, so we're just, we're just gonna go through this uh, description real quick. Yeah, give us some of the highlights here. Ladies and gentlemen, boy, do I have the perfect project for you. What I've got <laughs> here is an old, neglected Pantera with two R's motorcycle that's surprisingly close to being a working bike. Does it run? No. Is it fast? Not. Definitely not. <laughs> Does it have brakes? Nah, but you weren't gonna use them in the first place. Oh my God. However, if you slap a new wiring harness on and the throttle, you'll have yourself about twenty horsepower of ball busting fun. You know, maybe it doesn't look to be bigger <laughs> oh than seventy five CCs. So if you Let's want to see. be the next Ricky Carmichael, this go, might go not back, be the bike for you. Go back
2: up and scroll through the photos real quick so we can we can describe this for those listening along.
1: All right. What's Let's your take, bad. Robert? Give them a rundown. <laughs> okay, well, I think the first thing—the first thing <laughs> the, that pops up. The
0: first thing that
2: pops up. So this is a motorcycle with no, no seat, no tank. More importantly, it has. No, there's a tank. Am there. I seeing it's this right? Hiding. These are pull-up bars. It has pull-up yeah. bars. Yes. You,
3: you are seeing this as correctly. as Those handlebars, are bars. or
2: also in a adi- sort of auxiliary handlebars.
0: I Let me just say really quick. These are the pull-up bars that, like, you put above the, uh, the door. Door, door, yeah, the door jam, and you hang down and do pull-ups on. As... They're in
3: every fifteen-year-old boy's room. <laughs>
0: <view.
3: laughs> <It> comes, <laughs> <with, laughs> comes
0: with Axe body spray. Uh... <laughs> Lightly used.
2: Okay. Look at that. Well, but it's got a Ew. tank.
4: It's and gorgeous. it looks like it What
2: is that? That looks like a. You've got a throttle cable or a brake t- cable just dangling off in space. You see yeah, that coming yes. off the back of the tank. <laughs> oh, that's fun. <laughs> a good sign. It's got a mono shock. Okay, let's let's go.
3: The chain is completely okay. off the end. The chain's okay.
1: off. The axle off. bolt is sticking like it? out a couple of out. Pretty good.
2: Clear out. It's yeah. got a
1: kickstand.
2: I mean, really the bike, you just need a seat and you're good. Or
4: Oh, oh there it has real that, bars. Yeah,
0: well, hold on. Oh, plot, a plot twist. We've gotten to the fourth picture. And now it has regular bars on it. The first picture shows it with <laughs> with only pull-up bars. So you get your choice, really. Yeah. Uh, you can go drop if you're racing. That's right. You want to get really low with the pull-up bars, or if you want to sit up and cruise. It looks like it also comes with
2: regular. a laundry hamper. And is that going on to wood. the right.
3: And a guitar case. Oh, and you get some firewood.
2: Oh yeah. Is all this for yeah. sixty bucks? I don't know. Yeah. I don't think you. Can... Is, is it actually sixty dollars? Like
0: that's.
1: That's the price they're asking. I gotta say wow. sixty
0: bucks.
2: Honestly, offer
1: up for the win. Well, yeah, maybe,
0: not maybe not. Wait, such.
2: What's this last? Hold on, scroll down. Sorry for this. It says parts <laughs> that I know are missing or destroyed. Wow. So it's got no front
1: brake, no throttle, no gas lines, carb. Might work. I don't know. I don't know. And it uh, wiring harness is destroyed. It okay. also under parts that are usable with engine and transmission. It says most likely can't get it to turn over as the fuel line is gone. But it looks oh like god. it's in good condition.
3: Oh my god.
1: <laughs> I don't know if the missing fuel line is why it won't turn over, but
0: what a great winter a project. Good find. So
1: and we'll I a think worth we'll pointing sure out to, uh, $60 or best offer. Oh, yes. So we'll make sure to uh take some screenshots Drop and post these pictures before you, for you can have you guys yourself to a Pantera. See.
3: Totally. Pantera. All
0: right. You can name th- it Dying Bag. All right, Chris, I are finished. you ready?
3: I think I figured it out. All right, all right, we're ready. All right.
0: Yes, and to reiterate, we will post screen grabs of these in case they get snatched up while this is. Before oh, it's to air.
3: So, oh. this is a Rokon Trailbreaker. Yes. Yellow. I like and it. Y'all know, yellow is my freaking color. So, the best thing, Rokon, period, runs but needs carb cleaned. Of course. Of course, because of course they all do. Period. It's a two stroke. Duh, we know that. Not sure what year it is yet, they put in that it's a 1972 <laughs> in the title. Do you know what year it is, or are you just pulling that year out of your butt? Um, I think it's an old one, period. Open to <laughs> trade, love it. Straight out of business. This Baker has got to be okay. I was
2: gonna say, this has got to be an Oregon. So, for those who don't know, the Rokons, are that's a two wheel drive motorcycle,
3: mm-hmm.
0: very cool. Yeah, it's
2: these
3: got a have a chain in awesome. the front and the back. Oh, yeah, that's roll. what that chain is up front. Yes. Okay. It's a chain in the front okay. and the back. Yeah. Um they are like the best the best, coolest things ever. The fattest tires in the world. They can mule up literally anything. Um
0: yeah the the rocon trail Baker, it's it's been in since uh the early 60s i believe and those are famously two-wheel drive you have a shift lever i believe that that engages the front gear they also have tires on them that it looked like they're from like a riding lawnmower like a large <laughs> yeah. like yes. pneumatic but a very tough like round interval off. Okay. You know, they're they're like a gigantic beefy tire and uh It's
2: like a big
3: wheeler for adults. So getting, yes. if,
2: if you imagine what a Trail 90 wants to grow up to be, it is <laughs> the Rockon Trailbreaker. Yes. All right. And Absolutely.
3: I, I love this bike cuz they're just really cool. Me and Jordan have this dream of like having a rocon that we take with us as like a camp yeah. bike yeah. to yeah, just like get firewood and like let the kids like f around on or whatever but yeah this thing is really cool i mean it's going for (laughs) over 2200 which is you know I okay. want to say
0: new. They're not incredibly cheap. I think yeah. they're somewhere. I'm looking right now. Looks like MSRP. They're I'm actually the almost fives. eight thousand. Oh bucks. wow, that they're not, cool. yeah. Wow. They're not cheap. So this might not be such a terrible deal, but it's still a high. My biggest question for this is: Is it a two-stroke? I thought they were all. I also uh, thought they were uh, 125, 110 cc uh, four-strokes. Basically, the. Uh, predator engine i don't know gotta, a they, they, do, I
3: can't see that. they did
2: make a two-stroke i'm reading oh. right now
0: there you go so um, that is one like of those a 135 two-stroke cc two-stroke i think is yeah what I mean. and
3: it's a, it's really banged up though like the gas tank is a little yeah. something the the engine looks a little interesting a little rusty a little musty so who knows what how this thing sounds Or if it actually runs, because, you know, it needs a carb clean. That's all it needs. It just needs (laughs) a carb clean. And for
0: $2,250, you can be the proud owner of a 72 Rocon Trailbreaker. You can mix gas. You can haul ass up literally anything you want. That side of the mountain, (laughs) whatever it may be. All right. I think that one's actually pretty solid. I am going to share mine up here.
3: Oh, hold on, let me stop presenting for you, there you go.
0: Mine is admittedly much boring. I just picked a bike I've always wanted. I have (laughs) to say though, I don't think it's gonna win this week. So let's see, let's take a look here. Oh, I see you can do a tab. Okay, see I am, too. I'm an old man who does not know what he's doing. So here we are. I've oh a yeah. classic. I've Hell always yeah. wanted a Yamaha DT 400. Oh, this one I that's think a is a deal. 75. I'm pretty sure it's a 75. It's 1200. It's not running. Uh, it actually looks like it's in pretty great shape, yeah. though. It's not it's really yellow. bad. Yeah, it's super cleaned out. Yellow. It is. It is the yellow, which is my favorite Yamaha color, the Hurricane. It's not quite the Hurricane colorway, right. uh, but Close. like on the on the YZs, but it is. It looks awesome. It looks really cool. It's been up for a while. I'm almost positive it's gone. It's got this little funky backrest extension, yeah. you know. If you're just on a cruise with your lady, <laughs> you <wanna laughs> on the trail, make sure she's comfortable on the trail. You know, I don't, cool I a don't tool think roll. that's
1: a. I think that's a tool roll. I don't. Yeah, think it's that's got a little a, tool a a Seat it extension.
0: Thing. See, but on this picture, it kind of looks like it's like a seat extension. No, it could just that's be. That's, tool. that's for sure. Oh no, you're
2: right. Those are two different. Oh, maybe it is just a.
1: I think it's just. I a tool. don't know. It says it needs Either a piston.
0: Way. It just needs a piston. Maybe a carb clean. Offer me eight hundred bucks. I, I have that. a I do. I have a 74 thing is cool. which is the graphic year before this. I know are a little different. I have a 74. Uh, it's Chris's DT175. I love it yep. and I would love a 400 for terrorizing my little town. I think it's so much fun.
3: You just want a S- fleet, a fleet of DTs.
0: I would love. And I've seen where they have the 80, the 100, the 125. The 175, the 250, the 360, and the 400. I've seen people have the collection. I hate you. I wish I had that. Robert, (laughs) what is your pick of the week?
2: Now, I I was afraid I might be cheating because this was actually going to be my pick last week. Felt a little guilty recycling it. But at the end of the day, it was so good, I couldn't not share it. Let me find it here. I will pull it up. All right. You guys seeing that?
1: Yep. Oh, Yeah. yeah.
2: All right. So... For those following along at home, this is 1984 (laughs) Honda XR, $900 in Golden Valley, Arizona. Description, runs great, burns a little oil, and has no clutch, so be ready to grab gears when you ride it, because it's a beast. (laughs) (laughs) And this is where it gets good. It's an XR500 on a 250 frame. Message me for more info. What that oh doesn't convey is that they've shoehorned, yes, an XR500 engine uh, onto a modern Yamaha <laughs> 250 frame. Uh, jury's out. Did we did we come up? I can't tell. I don't know my WRs for my YZs. Uh, I'm
0: almost positive that those are the um, Yamaha 46 millimeter open chamber <laughs> units that I believe are on the 01 to 03. So if this is indeed a 250 frame, uh, I believe... You know what? I take that back. Go back to that. Uh, that. You know what? That is. A. I think uh, YZ250, not a four-stroke. I was thinking it was the 250 F, yeah. but I think that's a 250. I want to say that's probably a 2000 to 2003, because mm-hmm. uh, I think it's one to 3 has those unit I forks I
2: it's got like a subframe back here. So and, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> what's what's not being conveyed to the people at home is we've got uh again an XR500. So uh. A Honda single 500cc dirt bike motor and of course it would not fit into the 250cc frame so what they've done is they've chopped <laughs> the down tube of the frame and have crudely welded a series of extensions <laughs> you really have to see it. It's yeah, pretty it looks fantastic. looks like a mitochondrion. Oh,
3: the powerhouse cut, of the cell. It, <laughs> they cut the back <laughs> of the front fender.
0: Uh
2: It is just a sight to behold so I think this for me is going to be my pick of the week.
0: The drop so tube, good. I have to say it's a blue frame. The drop tube looks like a bunch of rolls of painter's tape, <laughs> like all <laughs> telescoped out, and then like, okay, yeah, I'll just tape this piece of metal here. It's not confidence inspiring
2: by any stretch of imagination. Uh no. And that no clutch. Is amazing. So I, I which I it the confuses question. me because that engine certainly has a transmission and clutch, and I don't understand yeah. why it Definitely does. If he just fried it. Oh, it's I almost. I can't know. tell. It's like he drilled out the clutch cover too.
3: It looks so uh, funny.
0: He just wants that air-cooled reliability. I and just, I have to say, and those modern modern suspension. And I have to say, at nine hundred dollars, what a steal! What a steal! <laughs> All you'd have to do is
2: find yourself a new YZ frame and motor, and you'd have yourself a YZ <laughs> for nine hundred dollars. Mm, so that is it. my that is my pick of the week.
1: I think wow. my question is Robert. When are you driving to Golden Valley, Arizona? <laughs> I'm go pick it up. Yeah, put a
2: put a tow hitch on the back of the Triumph, and as soon as the Triumph runs, I'm going to go get yep. myself oh, an tight. XR 500 250.
0: It,
2: it
3: should definitely be a sight work to out. See on the freeway.
0: I have to say, in my my own personal opinion, I'm going to have to give this one to Robert. That is just way over the top. I've seen a lot of people like put. XR engines inside CRF frames as an idea of like, yeah, I want that modern suspension. But usually they just fab up some engine mou- mounts. They're not actually cutting the frame and putting, you know, whatever tube steel they have laying around to make a cradle for it. So I, I would definitely pick Robert this week. I think that one. Is I don't know.
3: Nice. I have to give it to Danny. That that was a piece of clapped out work, especially oh, just yeah. the sprinkle, the sprinkle of the pull up bar on the top of it.
2: I think for for mine, I'm less interested in the bike itself and I'm more interested in meeting the person who made it. Yes. I I
1: agree. I want to know the story of what what made him do this.
0: I want to see the $89 Harbor Freight uh, welder in his garage like, yeah, I just bought this last week. I figured, uh, you know, I can just chop it up. Now's my chance. Well, you know we will definitely post those on uh, probably the Instagram for now. We are still growing. Uh, we have our Instagram at clapped out pod. Uh, we also have an email address clapped at gmail.com Send us some questions send us some comments what did you like you know what what are you trying to hear about in the upcoming episodes and um, you know yeah so uh, we'll we'll post these pictures up. we'll see what you guys think. But I I was really it was really great to get some really good feedback uh, from some people who listened in last week. Thank you so much. Shout out to Travis uh, for the kind words and Woo. listening to us over at Troy Lee. And it's cool. Send us some free stuff. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, we at this time at time of publication we're on uh, Spotify, we're on SoundCloud, Google Punk, uh, podcasts, all the most of the big networks. Apple Podcasts platforms, Apple Podcasts. We're on there, and we got the Instagram, the email, at clop.pod. Hit us up. Uh, but again, thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.
4: See you
3: Welcome.
0: Week, finals week. Final. Welcome
2: <laughs> to. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: that <laughs>
4: that <laughs> I re-download like my
2: air horn. <laughs>